When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Cohn. I'm Ryan Zook. In this week's episode, we will talk about the ticket policy for Michigan football as uncertainty surrounding the season lingers and a big day in recruiting for both football and hoops. Those topics and more on this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing swell. How are you? Good. No, uh, no Aaron this week. He is on vacation. Neither of us remember where he's going. If he did tell us, I don't know. He's not we, here. We do, we do care about our coworker, but sometimes, you know, we just, some information goes in one ear and out the other, but hopefully he is having a, a enjoying a little time off wherever he is. Absolutely. So the big story really to, to talk about initially is Michigan Athletic Department's announcement regarding tickets for the upcoming football season. There will be no season tickets. That's the best way to put it right away. There will be no season tickets. Individual games will be put on sale for sale uh, with going to uh, current season ticket holders and students. Those are the folks that will have the opportunity to buy those tickets. And again, this is with the caveat of if there is a season and, you know, Michigan put that in its initial release, if there is a season. To me, it's just another sign pointing into the direction of no football being played this fall. Um, just the, the way they, they worded their, their release. Um, it's, it's looking like a slim possibility at college football will be played this fall. Um, but yeah, I mean, it will be interesting if, if by a miracle they are able to play games at the big house this year, uh, what games will look like and if there will be fans. They, they said a, a official announcement about capacity and how many fans will be a, allowed in, if any at all, will come at a later date when there's more information regarding they're going to consult with medical experts and, and the commissioners and, and whatnot before they make that determination. But yeah, one thing is for certain, there will be football will look much different in the, the big house this year if, if there are games being played. Right. There's a chance there's no season. There's a chance there's a season with no fans at all. And then there's a chance that yeah, they're allowed some amount of fans. And, and now at least we have some clarity on who those people will be, but exactly what games they'll have offered, how that will work. Yeah. Still, still to be announced. Um, and this was consistent, you know, with news from the big 10 last week, which came out uh, just after we recorded our, our episode that day that they'd only play conference games for fall sports. So that includes football, of course. The Big Ten teams will only play each other um, if there is to be a season. Again, that news release noted the same thing. It said, quote, we are also prepared not to play 
in order to ensure the health, safety, and wellness of our student athletes, should the circumstances so dictate, end quote. So, you know, they're, of course, leaving the door open for the fact that uh, there, there, there might not be a season at all. But yeah, if, if there is, it's going to be Big Ten only. So those, those three games uh, for the football team that, you know, had been agreed to are off the table. Um, you know, the trip to Washington and then the home games against Ball State and Arkansas State. Uh, but yeah, it'll, it'll be replaced by, I think they, I don't know if they said the number of, uh, of big 10 games, but there are reports out there. I think that instead of, instead of the nine, normally it would be 10 to 10. Um, but yeah, I don't know correct. if did, did the big 10 say that for sure yet, or, uh, I'm, I, think I'm they did. I think so sure just not. some reports, but either way, that's the idea is that it would be only big 10 games. And, uh, they said they would announce exactly when those games are going to happen and, and who your opponents are going to be you know, again, at a, at a later time, it could be the, you know, the nine you were previously scheduled to play and then they just add one, or it could be a complete reconfiguring, you know, based more on geography or, or whatever. It just, yeah, again, we just don't know how it's going to play out. What, what this does do is give, gives the big 10 a little bit more flexibility with, with their scheduling. And I mean, I've seen the idea floated around a little bit online about maybe moving that Michigan Ohio state game up to the, like the first game of the year instead of the last game of the year to make sure um, they they get that game in if if a season was to be played and uh, it kind of makes kind of makes sense if if you think about it more in my mind. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to ask you because you, you did you did mention this briefly uh, you know before we recorded. Okay. So the purpose that people the reasoning behind this that people are saying is just in case the season basically doesn't doesn't go to completion at least you got that right. game in. Is that the thought? For, correct. Instead of like Ohio State open up with Rutgers. I mean, there's been so much turmoil right now with, with the game and, and, and college athletics, and why not give something, a big matchup that people can look forward to by scheduling the game the first week of the year, um, giving the fans like the, the biggest game and, and kind of a moment to look forward to um, before students are on campus for a long time and, and before maybe flu season kicks in or for the chance for the coronavirus to spread even more. Um, try and get that game in as early as possible. And if the season ends up having to be canceled or, or postponed because of um, severe outbreaks, well, at least the the annual big matchup has been played. So, yeah, um, I mean, okay. You laid out the argument for it. And I, I definitely think it makes sense to a certain extent. I, I don't know. I kind of go the other way on it though. I, I'd say if you're not really optimistic that the season's going to be played to completion anyway, you're only going to get in your game, say in September I don't know. What's the point? Or what, what, why does it even matter then who, who you played? I mean, I feel like in the end, some of these games are just going to get thrown out. Uh, certainly not by Michigan or Ohio state fans. For Michigan that hasn't won in a game in quite some time. I mean, yeah. yeah. Even if the season doesn't, I mean, you could say, Hey, well, we still beat Ohio state in this shortened season or we ended the streak or something. Just the, I mean, a little bit of a motivation factor. And I mean, yeah, players would, would get up for for that game for sure. I mean, it would be hard to get up for a game against like Rutgers or I don't want to say Illinois because they kind of had a resurgence last year, but it's one of the lower Big Ten teams. Sure, knowing that it might not mean anything in the long run. That the the rivalry game will mean something no matter what. So that's just something I saw out there, and I think that would make sense if if they think that they could uh, get those get, at least get a, a game or two in to to start off and, and see what happens from there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, as far as more information, you know, we, we just don't know. They, they haven't put out any dates. They just said, you know, at, at a later time, you know, we had, we had heard initially by the end of, of June, early July was when we were going to hear about, you know, 
fans and whether the season was going to happen even. Um, but that, that didn't really happen. We didn't get this news from Michigan about tickets or even from the big 10 until you know last week or, and, and this week. So, you know, I think they're just continuing to wait, you know, as long as they can, eventually you have to, you got to think they have their own deadlines for, okay, if we want to start, you know, on, you know, early September, we have to know by this date. Um, I think that date would be approaching, but we'll see. Well, it could be too. Why, why the possibility of moving the football season to the, to the spring is starting to pick up steam just because maybe they know they are running out of time for the fall and it's not looking very feasible. And although moving the spring to the spring, moving the football season to the spring also has its challenges. Mm -hmm. It it might be the only possibility at this point of having a college football season this, this year. Yeah. No, and we, you know, we did discuss that uh, in a previous episode, maybe last week, about some last of those week, challenges. Yeah. And it's just, uh, again, we'll just we'll see what they what they continue to 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 decide here as things get closer. But you know, things are happening on the recruiting front, uh, you know, regardless. And and for both Michigan basketball and football, uh, it was on the the same day, I believe, Friday, that they they you know each program got a a major commitment for basketball. That would be Kobe Bufkin. Uh, he is a guard out of Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids Christian is, is the school he plays for. Um, so he's in the 2021 class, going to be a senior, um, six foot four, kind of combo guard, more of a, more of a shooting guard, but it, you know, as he and his high school coach both say, he, you know, he can play the point and, you know, is kind of developing more of those skills, uh, you know, ranked in the top 100 top, top player in the state of Michigan by, by some websites, uh, second or third by, by others, but, you know, either way, the, you know, the highest ranked player, in Michigan's class to date, which includes, uh, you know, two others. So yeah, he's a, uh, you know, kind of a, a versatile guard, you know, big time scorer, and yeah, his recruitment kind of spanned over two coaching staffs because John Beeline did initially show interest in him and Saudi Washington, his assistant was kind of a, a main point of contact between the program and, and, and Kobe. And, uh, yeah, Saudi Washington was that assistant who was retained by Jawan Howard. So, um, you know, that kind of smoothed the transition as that, as far as that recruiting process went and uh, Buffkin ended up in, in, uh, you know, committing to Michigan. As far as his first name, I, this is something I always think of. Okay. Is it Kobe Bryant? You kind of assume it is. I asked, he laughed, said he, his mom tells him it's not. And yet his brothers are named Isaiah as in Isaiah Thomas and Michael as in Michael Jordan. Uh, and here he is Kobe basketball you know, parents big basketball fans he said his mom was a huge Kobe Bryant fan so he's basically like you know you do the math yes I'm named after him uh but he, he says it's an it's an I guess a running joke in their house but uh yeah so he's uh will be part of Michigan's 2021 class and they still have you know multiple spots to fill in that class as well now that so that's three commits so far is that the most in the country at this point for uh, uh I don't know at least any, yeah I don't know if any schools have more uh, but a, a decent amount have three, um, but gotcha. that is, that is, yes, yeah, is kind of as many as you'd, you'd see. Um, and Michigan is, uh, you know, in case you've looked at this yourself, they, I think they are, do have the third best recruiting class in the country for 2021. We've talked about this kind of from the football side, it right. gets skewed even more for basketball with, with smaller numbers. Fewer players. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just because, I mean, they, they have, they have three essentially, you know, all, all the teams near the, near the top have, have three for the most part. So have having more, and if you only have one or two for the most part, you're, you're lower. It's just, you know, you can, you can do these class calculator 
things, at least on the 24 seven sports website, where you just add any, any player you want, you know, to it, to a school's commitment list. And, you know, doing that for a lot of these schools that only have two that are, that are below Michigan, adding, you know, even a player ranked far lower than the type of player you'd think they'd get, it vaults them ahead of, you know, Michigan yeah. and, and ahead of a lot of schools. So just having that, that extra number is, is what does it for them. But still, that's not to take away from the fact that they've got, um, you know, they got three, three good players, you know, two just ranked outside the top hundred right now. And, and then Bufkin uh, and yeah, chance to, you know, kind of swing big potentially, even with, with your, you know, remaining, remaining spots, it's, it's still early and uh, yeah, they've got, they've got spots to fill. They're probably set, you know, in that sort of uh, shooting guard kind of wing type player with, with Bufkin and Chicago's Isaiah Barnes. Um, you know, they've got a kind of power forward type and Will Cheddar, uh, so they can go for a big man. They kind of still need a point guard or just kind of get one of those all around just studs. It's, you know, five-star kid and they are after a, a few of those. So yeah, and it's something to watch multiple players recently. I've put Michigan in their top eight or top 10 or whatever it is. So they're, they're finalists for some of these guys and just something to monitor. But, uh, yeah, like I noted that, that same day, Michigan got a football commitment as well. Yeah. Four-star wide receiver, Xavier Worthy from California. And, I mean, this this was a big, big recruiting win for Michigan. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, many recruiting pundits believed he was about to commit to Oregon. Um, I don't really know what happened, but he kind of backed off and, and reopened his recruitment. And, and Michigan took advantage of the opportunity and, and pushed hard for him and, and got a commitment from him. And I mean, his top five schools were Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, LSU and Oregon. And with Michigan to, to win that battle, I mean, that doesn't happen against those programs every day. Uh, yeah, he's only ranked uh, number 175 overall in the 24-7 sports composite system. Um, but, I mean, Rivals, for some reason, doesn't even have him nationally ranked when he's a top 100 player by 24-7 sports. Um, ESPN has him just outside the top 100. And everyone that I've, I've – uh, everything I've gathered is he's definitely uh, – a better prospect or more closer to that top 100 prospect mm-hmm. than not being nationally ranked. I mean, I've, I've watched his highlight tape and I mean, this guy has elite speed. He ran a 10.55 second hundred meter dash as a sophomore. I uh, was a state finalist and um, was likely a, 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 a favorite to win that uh, event this year. If the coronavirus pandemic didn't cancel the track season um, had 54 catches for 92, 992 yards and 16 touchdowns for an undefeated team. And I mean, he's, he, the central East is highest. will use them in a variety of ways. I mean, whether it's line them up in the, in the wildcat at quarterback, um, put them in the slots, um, having them run deep post routes or just bubble screens. I mean, they just found a way to get the ball in his hands. And when he, when he had the ball in his hands, he was able to create. And, um, uh, he's kind of that home run hitter type of player that, that Josh Gaddis has, has been looking for. And I'm excited to see what, what he will be able to do uh, in a Michigan uniform. Um, not every day you get offensive player like, like worthy who has that type of talent. So he's only 160 pounds right now, six foot one, 160 pounds. So he definitely needs to fill out a little bit. Fine um, height and weight, fine height and weight. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much you would hold up in uh, college football season there, Andrew. <laughs> But, but yeah, uh, yeah, like this is, I mean, this was big. I, I, you know, I read your stories about it. How, what, uh, what's their, the rest of Michigan's outlook at receiver uh, for that class as of now? So yeah, they, they have two commits right now. Uh, another four-star wide receiver, Christian Dixon from, who's also from California. Um, there are two California commits in this class and a three-star uh, Marcus Allen. 
more of like a Nico Collins type outside receiver, taller, um, deep threat. And they're, they're pushing for another too. Jaden, Jaden Thomas, a four star, um, is announcing his top five on Friday and Michigan is expected to be in there too. So they could take as many as four wide receivers in this class, which isn't very surprising considering Josh Jadish mentioned earlier this offseason that they only had, I think, seven scholarship receivers this year, which is pretty low. Mm -hmm. Um, So not really surprising that they'll be looking to add at that position this recruiting cycle. Um, But yeah, going even back to last year, the two two guys they signed, uh, A.J. Henning and Roman Wilson, both uh, sub 10.75, 100-meter dash guys, speedsters that, that fit kind of the Xavier Worthy profile. Um, where they can play multiple positions, and as long as you get the ball in their hands, they can kind of create. So we'll we'll see um, if if Gattis continues to kind of go look for those type of molded players like that, or if uh, yeah, which I assume he will. So looking pretty good at the receiver position, and obviously you have a five-star quarterback JJ McCarthy in there too, being able to throw to him likely at in Ann Arbor at some point. So uh, yeah, missions class ranks eighth overall in the nation and number two in the big 10. And like you mentioned before, they, they have 20 commitments right now, which is top five in the country. So their class is filling up here pretty quickly. Um, even for five, five months before the early signing period. As you've mentioned in the past, having that, you know, star quarterback committed already, surely, you know, probably helps getting, getting uh, landing a receiver like this um, as well. It certainly can't, can't hurt. So yeah, one, one in for the future of the program, but one out as well. Michigan had a, had a, transfer this week tell us a little bit little bit about that yeah freshman Aaron Lewis the defensive lineman announced he has entered the transfer portal and typically it's pretty surprising when a, a true freshman announces that he's transferring even before his first season at Michigan but right. he spoke with uh, 24-7 sports uh, did an interview with them and said there was a family health issue he wants to move closer to home um, so he, he's from New Jersey so he's looking at either Rutgers Maryland or Penn State right now Another note, I mean, the two guys that, uh, that recruited him primarily were Chris Partridge and Anthony Campanile, uh, both who are no longer assistants that are no longer with the Michigan program, too. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that was kind of a secondary factor, um, but something of note is um, to consider as well. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh. I wouldn't say a huge loss. I mean, he was a three star guy, but still noteworthy nonetheless, being transferring before he even really starts his Michigan career. Yes. Yeah. No, it is. It is unusual i remember i actually was like oh yeah this name is more familiar than it like should be to me and you know i i had written about his commitment there was that that weekend uh in late june of 2019 where uh you know i was i was handling that and uh you know michigan got three or four commits in yeah. the span of, of a day or two and and he was one of them it was just rolling and they had multiple guys from new jersey even but yeah i mean they don't all yeah. pan out this is again a unique a unique off season to begin with so and he yeah. did sign in and enroll early in Michigan too. So he kind of got his feet wet a little okay. bit in the program. Um, but yeah, he's looking to, to transfer elsewhere. So we'll see where he, where he ends up. Yeah. Just one other thing to, to, to mention is uh, I did a story on something, a website, a company called the player's trunk, which, you know, it got, it generated a lot of uh, interest on, on, on Twitter at least. So I don't know listeners might, might care to hear about it as well, which is just a, uh, you know, new online marketplace founded by Charles Matthews and Xavier Simpson, former Michigan basketball players, um, as well as uh, three different, you know, student managers for, for college basketball teams, two, two of whom are at Michigan. One's a former Michigan guy, whatever. They got two with Michigan ties and they're selling their 
their gear from, uh, you know, their, their college days that that's, you know, team issued NCA issued conference issued, whatever uh, apparel, shoes, uh, game, you know, uh, shorts, jerseys, bags, things like that, you know, that, that they're not allowed to sell during their, their time, um, in school by NCA rules, but can once they're done. And yeah, I mean, you look at all the items that are on there, many, you know, have, have sold already. People are, are, are buying these things up. So, I don't know. It was just kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. What did you say? I, what did you write? That was the $20,000 $20, item that hasn't sold yet? Yeah, the $20,000 item, most expensive one on the site by far, is on Charles Matthews' uh, page. It is a chair from from the bench. You know, you think about, you know, it's called a bench, of course, in, in sports, but uh, in, in college basketball, at least, it's, it's almost it's never a, a bench. It's a group <laughs> of chairs. Right. And, you know, you know, each player, I guess, kept one if they wanted to, and and he he has his that uh, he had gotten signed by you know the the whole team, you know, Beeline and the coaching staff and and all his his teammates from you know the 2018 Final Four and then you know national championship game, which Michigan went to and, and lost the championship game. But so yeah, you'd have you know, you'd have Mo Wagner's signature on there and, and Duncan Robinson and yeah everyone from from that team um in in 2018 so twenty thousand dollars for that sounds for, pretty steep still <laughs> yes so you can understand you think I, of all the other things you can get for twenty thousand dollars yes i would think yeah. in a way it's just a way that you almost want to keep that on the site to get people coming it's it's been a highly viewed item um you right. know the co-founders told me um you know he sold everything else so that is the only thing on his page you know of the 25 or so items that that hasn't sold um, other Michigan players on there. Uh, Simpson does not have his his trunk, as it's called, uh, up there yet uh, because I guess he's in he's been in Las Vegas training and all his stuff is still in Ohio. So they're working to actually get that on the site. Um, but Zach Irvin, former player, has had or had several stuff. I think most of his stuff is sold too. Um, but uh, you know, there's players from Michigan State and really all over the country. Um, and not just basketball, some football players as well have their have their things up there. So it's an interesting concept. You know, some of these shoes are, you know, so, some of the, sh- the shorts or the shirts or whatever, the jersey, you know, if it's not game worn or even if it is, I mean, you can get basically that same item, you know, in a store. But some of the right. shoes in particular are are not. I mean, they are they're right. yeah. custom made like for that team, for that season. Um, and I'm, I'm not a big shoe guy, but you know, people who are that then, you know, whether it's signed or not. You know, could be an interesting part of your collection. Uh, whether you'd actually wear them or not, I, I I don't know. Especially if you know you're getting some of these players, they're going to be way too big for you. But yeah, I don't know if you could find a smaller guard. I guess might have might have your shoe size. But again, the people buying these things probably not to wear them. Probably more to just display as memorabilia. So I wonder how much if if I sign my M Live polo, how much that could go for. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. Sort of selling some. My business card is trying to create our own website. Yes. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if uh, the demand would be as high yeah, for those. Though. Not a huge market for that, <laughs> I wouldn't think. But uh, we'll see about that. So I did talk to Charles Matthews for the story. And, and we'll have a separate one just on, on kind of an update on, on what he's been up to, you know, posting in the near future as well. But uh, yeah, I guess that, that just about does it for this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.